Welcome to the What's Good Dough podcast and get ready to level up. But before we continue with the show, I want to introduce you to my two show sponsors, Uni Pizza Ovens and Cordo Olive Oil. Let's start with Uni. They are the number one pizza oven company in the world with the best community there is. Because of their ovens, I have made some of the most amazing pizzas. From round pies to squares, I'm able to get to temperatures of up to 900 degrees, allowing me to cook the pizzas of my dreams. If you're looking to grow your pizza business, buying an uni makes sense. My past guest Ryan of Sanctuary Pizza has a mobile catering company powered by uni. These powerful ovens are efficient, lightweight, and can be used almost anywhere. Whether you take pizza seriously like me or want to run a pizza operation like Ryan, Uni is the choice for you. Use the link in the show notes and join the Uni community. My second show sponsor is Cordo Olive Oil. At first, I didn't believe that olive oil mattered. It wasn't until I got educated and learned about the difference between commodity oil and Cordo's fresh squeezed olive oil that I ditched the supermarket stuff. Today, I only use Cordo Olive Oil when it comes to making my dough and even doing a post-baked drizzle. Mm. I have even made some amazing pesto with it. Oh my goodness. Cordo's high quality olive oil does really elevate anything it touches. My buddy Chris, who runs a slice of New Jersey, just switched over to Cordo. Not only is he getting quality, but he ended up saving money by switching over too. If you're still unsure of the difference, pizza operators can sign up for a free olive oil tasting. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my show sponsors and supporting this show. People that are volunteering, like giving a ton to judge and all that, it's like, if you get mad at them or rub them the wrong way, like you're done. That was Kenneth McFawn of Rad Pies Pizza. And it's your boy, Idrif. And you're listening to the What's Good Dough podcast. Whether it's dough, business, or life, my guests and I are always talking about ways we can level up. On today's episode, Kenneth and I talk about how he took a W at the International Pizza Expo Pan Pizza Division, something I was fortunate enough to be able to judge. We talk about his first place pie, which was technically well executed with 100% hydrated dough and something called a pepperoni crown. He also served his pizza with, get this, Miller High Life. We talk about his dough, his toppings, and how he used human psychology to give him advantages throughout this entire competition. It's actually quite genius. But before we continue, I do want to remind everyone that what worked for Kenneth may not work for others. And so please take everything we talk about here with a grain of salt. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, dough? What do you do for a living? I, I was following White Rabbit, but I was also following... Um, Rad Pies. Rad Pies, yeah. Rad Pies, yeah. Thick Thighs. Is that what I saw on your shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that, dude. Well, I, it's easy for me to remember because you were the last one to go. And that's 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 a story in itself. Tell me about that. Well, there's a couple stories within it, but um, we started uh, doing Detroit pizza during the pandemic, and so um, my uh, my parlay into pizza is like short lived. Um, even though you know I grew up working in like pizza restaurants when I was younger, 
so when I was out there competing, um, I mean, there was uh, Chris Decker. There was a couple other people that were all within the last 10 people to go. And Mike, um, who, you know, like the organizer of the whole thing, especially through the pan division, um, you know, he's real stressed out. And, and I'm just trying to be like, really just like the guy who's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. You know, and so my whole like mantra with Mike the whole time was just like, you're stressed out. You have a lot going on. And honestly, we're just making pan pizza here. So like I can go in whenever. So that was like always how I just treated the situation. And as more people kept going, I noticed the audience was getting bigger. Other exhibits were shutting down. And I just felt like it was more of an opportunity because in the pan division, you actually get to present to the judges. And so the whole time he's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to bump you back one. I'm going to bump you back one. I was like, no problem. Go ahead. Like, don't worry about it. Let all these other guys go. Let them present their best pizzas. And I'm just sitting back and the, more people are going in the stands. More people are going in the stands. And finally, there was down to like, you know, three or four last people. And I was like, hey, look, the, the oven's already down in for you. Why don't you just take this? Because ultimately, in the back of my head, I wanted to be last. That's the position that I wanted to be in. And I didn't force it, but it ended up working out that way. And so all these guys kept presenting their pizzas, and I saw how they presented, and I saw how they talked to the judges, and I was just kind of gaining an experience, just watching them, seeing what they were doing. And then it came down to it, and there was one other guy right in front of me. And uh, and he was like, you know, you mind if I just pop in the oven? I was like, go right ahead, because I knew that would leave me in the last position. And so then he presented his pizza. My pizza came out, and uh, it was one of the best Detroits I ever made. And... I took it out and put it on the, on the resting pan and brought it over there, topped it. And I just, I was looking at it and I felt it. It was like, this is a really good pizza. If, if, if the, if the pepperoni crust pizza was going to have a chance at it, this is the one, this is the one that, that needs to be presented in front of the judges. And then I had an opportunity to go over there and talk to you guys and present it. And that's kind of how it went down. Hmm. Why were you so adamant about wanting to go last? I mean, you talked about, seeing others and learning how they presented, but is there anything else there? Being able to be the last person there, being able to have um, you guys being the judges know that that it was the last piece that you're going to eat. Um, I just think there was a lot of significance in the whole thing. Being able to, I mean, in any live event, you know, like the last person to go, the headliner, like that's, that's the final show. That's, that's where everything is. Being the one division that gets to actually which I guess the, the Napoli division also got to present the judges, but unless you can speak Italian, you know, you're probably pretty lost in that division. So just being able to like actually have that presence and, and that build. Um, and I, it, maybe if it was a different day, different time, it would have felt different. But for some reason, I just felt like that, that time period, there was like energy building. And I mean, I, I, I don't know if you remember that, that, that time, but, it got pretty electric in there. I mean, it was like a really cool time when those last like 10 competitors were coming out. It was, it was really magical. Everyone was hanging out around the stage. It was getting busier. Um, and I, I feel yeah. like, I think what was happening was just like you said, Chris Decker was showing up. It was like the end seemed to be more stacked in terms of just people presenting. If I recall correctly. Totally. And we, we had to par bake our dough in front of the judges. And there's no proofing cabinets or anything. So all the, the normal things that I'm used to doing to get my dough ready weren't available to me. And I was supposed to cook on Tuesday. And 
I kept going up to Mike and I just, I went up with a smile and I said, Hey man, my dough's not proofing all the way. I need to go on Wednesday. And he said, there's no way that's possible. And I said, that's fine. I'll just come back and talk to you in like an hour. <laughs> so I just didn't get stressed out and I went back over to him in like an hour and he's like, come on, man. I told you like, you have to do it on Tuesday. I said, that's fine. I understand. My dough's not proofing. I just need a little bit more time. I'm, I'm going to need to present on Wednesday. And then on the fifth time I went over there with Jeremy and, uh, and then they finally were like, okay, like, you're just going to sit here and smile at us, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to you know, get stressed out. I'm just going to come over here with a smile and just ask you again. It seems like you've mastered the whole like people person business because you won with the organizers. But I also think you won using that kind of skill with the judges. A hundred percent. I mean, I, the, the whole thing lined up very well for me and for my skill sets. Um, I have a lot of experience in public speaking. Um, I, you know, fashion myself as a really good motivator and um, also somebody who's able to, to sit down and describe things very well. And all that stuff really led into, you know, presenting it in front of the judges on the, the specific differences that we offer with our pan pizzas and than other people do. And then the, there was a gentleman who um, had a really good presentation the day before where he topped it with elk and then he did it with a wine pairing, mm-hmm. which I thought was really unique. But he didn't go into that much detail into why he chose that wine, why it went well with that dish. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of caught me. And I was like, well, I didn't know we could do pairings with this. But I was like, we're at my restaurant, The White Rabbit, we have 42 taps of beer. We're all trained Cicerones. We all know everything about beer and why it pairs with certain things. And so... I was like, man, this is a really cool opportunity. Let's let's take this and let's do a beer pairing with it and explain why a triple pepperoni dish would go great with a Miller High Life. <laughs> and I think people kind of discounted it at first, and they're like, look at this guy with this crap beer. And then it was like actually getting in and explaining why, you know, this particular beer is finished with a champagne yeast. The car- carbonation is super petite and plentiful, and like what that does to your mouth and explodes it when you have that, like, fat from the pepperoni in there. Dude. Yes. I mean, I'm looking back at my notes and I remember mentioning that because it was a triple pep and also there's just the cheese crust in general, there's added salt. But after drinking that high life, it kind of like neutralized it and it was actually quite delicious. It uh, When you have a high carbonation beer like that, Especially when the carbonation is that high, it dries it out and it ends up resetting your palate. So when you have like a sweeter beer, it's not going to work as well. So if you have a beer with a lot of residual sugar, you know, left in it, it's, and, and you're right, that triple pepperoni, the saltiness from that, and then also the cabot cheddar crown. Like that is a, um, when that, when that cooks through, it almost tastes like a cheese it. Yeah. Because it has that leftover salinity like to it and then it crisps up also. And it's almost like mimicking like like when you take a piece of the Frico and like just eat the Frico alone, it, it mimics like a cheese it which is really cool. But if you don't have that balance the right way, it can bite you in the butt. Absolutely. And just going back to the whole human psychology thing, being a judge for the last two days, we were given Diet Coke, Mountain Dew, 
or water. Those were our three options. And I was craving for <laughs> something carbonated that wasn't like a soda the entire time. And so having this beer was just quite refreshing. And I'm not saying you got to me, but I'm, I will say that it, it definitely <laughs> helped. <laughs> it didn't hurt. No. But that said, I don't want to discredit your pizza because it was 100% hydrated dough with a pepperoni crust. Both of those, very hard in terms of execution. Can you just talk about the dough a little bit and then the pepperoni crust? Yeah. Um, the dough, um, we usually do in a more of a mass production. Um, and basically that involves uh, 150 Lloyd pans. Um, the dough is so, so sticky and wet when you're dealing with it that it's, I mean, literally like almost a fresh pair of gloves on each one, uh, coating the gloves in oil. And then we've gone back and forth with, between trying to ball the dough and then actually just trying to like hand stretch it so that it can try and get near the sides for proofing. And both of them have worked out, you know, really well, but that, I don't know if, I don't know if you remember like going in the uh, convention center in the mornings, but it was like 60 degrees in there. And so it's like trying to find a spot where you can hit that's like around 75, 80 degrees to try, try and get like some kind of like decent proofing temperature. But on its own, the dough, um, if we're not using a proofing cabinet, is going to take like, I'd say 18 hours of room temperature to come to like a, a full proof. <laughs> and we just weren't, we weren't getting anywhere near that. It was, it was, it was a little stressful, like at times trying to find, uh, you know, places on top of ovens that weren't going to like cook the dough and make it too hot, but then, you know, could reach like some sort of temperature. So I'd say that was probably, probably the hardest part was not having, you know, everything that you used to having at home. Right. But, uh, we, we reached out to everybody and, um, King Arthur and we're able to get, you know, the same flower and, and all those guys are great. All the reps of the shows are, are always awesome. And they were able to have us everything beforehand and, we rented an, an Airbnb um, and I had like two of our chefs go out, fly out the Friday beforehand. I flew out on Monday and it made a, cause they were also competing in the round divisions and they went out and made their dough and everything. And we had everything set up and all that stuff worked out great. But the stuff actually like made at the convention center was definitely the hardest. Mm. And uh, for the, the pepperoni crust. Um, so, I started this, um, well, I'll back up and go to the story on how we ended up going to, uh, the Detroit pizza, you know, all together. So it, it all happened with, um, going to Emmy squared in Brooklyn, like four years ago. And this is after like following like pizza loves Emily and, um, you know, like Roberta's and like all the old school, like badass Brooklyn shops. And so we found out about Emmy squared. We went there and we had reservations at a, um, a two, two Michelin star restaurant, uh, like later that night. And we went to Emmy squared for lunch and we had the cheese sticks and we had a cheese pizza. And then we had the burger Lamette, and it was amazing. And we all had the taste like stuck in our mouth. And we went to the Michelin star restaurant and we sat down at the table and we all looked at the menu and we looked at each other and we were like, let's go back to Emmy squared. <laughs> it was like, everyone was like, really? It was like, yeah. And the waitress was pissed. She was like, are you kidding me? It's like, I'm sorry. Like here, here's 50 bucks. We're, we're just going to go back. And we ate the exact same meal. 
Like we had the cheese sticks, we had the burger on that, and we had like just a regular cheese pizza. Wow. And it was amazing. It was like, oh, I mean, and I've had the, because uh, they have a, a Emmy Squared in D.C., which is part of the venture capital, like a couple like franchise locations that opened up. And they're good, but they're not the same. Like that, that original like Brooklyn spot is just money. Like, and then thinking about it, and it was like, okay, so they're putting everything out in pans. So they're not hand stretching. So there's like some of human errors taken out with that. They're putting out this amazing product. And I was just like, I had it stuck in my head. And this is before the pandemic. So then we had a plan to open Rad Pies. We did the business plan and the pandemic happened. And we, we kind of put that on the back burner, even though we'd already built out the spot and it's inside of a brewery and the brewery was open and everything, but we just didn't know what to do. So we were kind of like holding on to it. And during that time, the white rabbit was serving steak frites. So our whole business was based on steak frites, which is great. It's an awesome cut. Um, great thing to have the worst dish to carry out. Right. It's like the fry steam up in the box. Like the steak gets up, ends up getting overcooked and then the sauce falls apart. And I had a bunch of my neighbors in my neighborhood and stuff and they're getting like, we had a Maryland steak freeze, which is like three ounces of crab meat and like 10 ounce steak and, you know, a boatload of fries. And it's like 45 bucks. And these guys are getting in, like show me that they were supporting me and everything. But ultimately, like I knew they weren't getting a good quality product. And I was like, okay, well, we got to, we got to rethink this. Like, let's go walk around the neighborhood. So like walking around in, in our, our little city, there's like two spots that are just banging out business. And they're both pizza spots. So I was like, okay, well, we already have a business plan for this one pizza spot. We're doing it here, even though we haven't opened it yet. But I was like, let's go Emmy squared on this. We're already doing like a really good double stack burger. We have, you know, fresh cut fries, everything. Let's start looking at Detroit pizza. And so I looked at ovens. I looked at a, uh, ultimately one with an edge oven because I didn't know how parts were going to be for importing parts and like, um, maintenance and those sorts of things. So edge ovens are made right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, five-year warranty. All the products are kept, all the parts are kept, uh, kept domestically. I was like, okay, well, this is perfect. Like I don't have our other, uh, pizza ovens are Forza Forney. All the parts are Italian. Forza Forney stocks a lot of stuff in, in New York, but they don't stock everything. So that, you know, if something goes down, there's a chance that you're waiting on, you know, a shipping container to come over. Right. We all know how that screwed people over. Oh man. It's, I mean, so many people, if you don't think of that about that stuff though, you know, and plan for it, you're going to end up getting stuck with it. So then it was, well, do we do par bakes or do we do just do like a fresh rise? And I, I really didn't want to do par bakes. Like I know the crowns that you can get with par bakes and what you can do, but like ultimately the freshest product is going to be if we get a fresh rise right there. And we just could not figure it out. We could not do it. And like I talked to everybody. We took all the classes. We're talking to slow rise. We're talking to, to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling managers from Emmy square and <laughs> trying to figure out like what they're doing, you know? And like, they're really nice and they're, they're talking to me and stuff. But like, ultimately it was like, we just got to go to par bakes. Yeah. So then when you go to par bakes, you got to worry about shrinkage. Cause the pan that you're originally baking in, you go put it in. Anytime you bake something, you're cooking the moisture out of it. It's going to shrink a little bit. So how do you deal with that? Well, the happy accident, was the pepperoni crust. <laughs> we had these, you know, thicker Hormel pepperonis and I was messing around. And the first one that I did was actually with bacon. I did a, a bacon crust on a uh, chicken, chicken bacon ranch and it was great. 
And uh, our kitchen manager at the time was stressing out. He was like, I see how much bacon you're putting on there. I know how much I'm going to have to charge for it. And I was like, just chill out. It's just an experiment. We're just playing around. And we ended up doing it with the, with the pepperoni crust. And it, for the smaller par bakes, it worked perfectly because it filled that gap. Mm. So it just ended up being this like happy accident. And so I was like showing our, you know, our other chefs at, uh, at Rad Pies and, and we were talking about it. And he was like, this is actually really cool. Like, I don't know anybody else doing this. And so I kind of came up with it on my own and then just started working with it like for a little while and end up kind of, you know, perfecting it down to, uh, to what was presented and then end up just being this, you know, like a lot of great things in life, just really happy accident on something that we were just messing around with in the kitchen one day and then ended up, I think it's going to end up kind of becoming a trend. I think so. Let me get this straight though. You par bake it first, it shrinks, then you put pepperonis around the edges and then bake it off one more time with the cheese altogether. Correct. Mm, got it. Visually, it was kind of, it was stunning. You know, when I looked at it from the side, I have this great, you know, side shot of it. It looks like it's looking right at you saying, come eat me. It was so inviting <laughs> and so unique. Thank you so much. It's very, very sweet to say. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was totally a happy accident. And uh, it's, and one thing that we all also try to focus on because we have the cabbage cheddar and it is a little bit saltier than, than other cheeses is we try not to go all the way down to the um to the bottom of the par bake and make like a true like fake wall which i know a lot of people do with detroit pizzas and like aesthetically it looks cool but like it ends up being too much cheese in my opinion like it's not like it's not like the best bite every time but for some reason when you have the pepperonis in there it ends up filling some of the gap also and it's not as cheesy and it ends up working out a lot more balanced yeah i noticed that i noticed it looked like it the pepperoni was completely visible, so the cheese would melt around the pepperoni, leaving space where it was like a bite without cheese on the edge, which I enjoyed. Exactly. I, I mean, if if you would have like gave me a million dollars and told me that's what you want to have happen, I, there's no way. Like looking at it, I'd have been like, I don't, I don't think that'll work out that way. <laughs> but for some reason, the way that it bakes off, and it, it must be have something to do with the way that the oils are released through the pepperoni and like kind of like pushing all the stuff like out of the way. And then also I lined the pan with Crisco, just like a really, really thin layer of Crisco. And that's how I get the pepperoni to kind of like stick against the side. And like when that happens, the cheese kind of like folds around it. And for some reason, the, that combination sticks out really well. Mm, so you're kind of gluing the pepperoni using Crisco. Exactly. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Which, if you have a hot pan, doesn't work as well. Like, it needs to be a cold pan. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, with, with the pepperonis baking off from the top and then also from the sides, that grease goes down and then kind of, like, ends up baking into the crust underneath of it. So it gives, like, a really, like, crunchy, like, very, very flavorful crust. So unique. The rest of the pie, you said you used three types of pepperoni. What kinds were they? We use a, a big-ass pepperoni which is a two and a half inch diameter thinner cut Hormel. And then we'll use a regular thicker Hormel. And then I finished with an Ezo um, pepperoni on top because they, they char up a little bit nicer. Wow. Okay. Crossing brands. 
Um, and what was the cheese that was shaved on top? That was a uh, 24 months age parm. Why that? I like having the um, almost like the it's not like a pungent, but it's kind of like a punchier, uh, like harder parmesan on top. Especially with I, I didn't have my like more traditional uh, pizza sauce. I had like uh, a little bit of a sweeter one there. So th- then that I normally use. So I wanted to offset it like just a touch by having like a little bit of parm on top. Was there anything else that was on there that we haven't talked about already? Um, just a little bit of fresh basil, mm. but for the most part, I kept it pretty, pretty basic. And basic one. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I still, uh, I still to this day can't believe it. It was, uh, I mean, as far as like diving into pizza and everything, I mean, I've been going full steam on this, but this was a total, you know, pandemic move and moving into it and, uh, you know, doing the kind of volume that we do and putting out the kind of products that were put out. Super proud of my team, super proud of everything that we've learned and done. But we've, we really dove in and like try to take this thing over. I think you've spoken to the right people and did the right homework. Congratulations, man. Yeah, your hard work paid off. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm still blown away, you know, by everything. I, I love the way that everything turned out. I, it, it seemed like the, the whole division um, presenting it uh, just kind of it's uh, it, I, I do want to give big props to um, Andy Brown from Andy's pizza. He won a traditional round last year. He's in DC and a week before we left the Monday before, before we left seven days before I flew out, um, he invited us down to his Adams Morgan location before they opened up and he took six of us. And we made a bunch of pizzas and he just walked through everything from like how he packed for his flight out there to, to go compete, what the competition was like, what the orientation was like, um, the judging, like how to, how to pick the oven, like where to find your rep. I mean, he literally walked us through everything from A to Z and he was super like, we, we developed a relationship with him before that. But he was super proud that somebody from our area was going to be going out there competing. And, you know, he was really, really happy the fact that there was going to be a, a strong competitor out there. And he really wanted uh, us to bring back a, you know, a championship to our area. He's like, I really want D.C. metro area to be this like this really pizza mecca. And he's like, if you guys can bring one back to it or just make all the stronger. And he was super supportive. And I mean, as far as like actually getting into the competition and me being able to be as calm as I was was all like I was just channeling Andy the whole time <laughs> and he's a very confident individual and and but just being able to like kind of walk through those steps and understand the chaos that I was going to be walking into was just a great mental check to be able to go in there and and understand exactly what the layout is and not be stressed out about everything and just be able to go in there and go compete it seems like you know your preparation your execution and a little bit of, uh, I guess, you know, winning over the people definitely helped you uh, succeed. Is there anything else that we missed that you want to add in there? Yeah. Uh, preparation. Uh, yeah. Being able to present in front of people. Um, being nice to everybody, I think, really helps all the time. There's a lot of people that get stressed out and trying to take out their their anger on everybody, but, like, especially the people that are working there and like 
people that are volunteering, like giving a time to judge and all that. It's like, you got to be respectful of people's time. And like, you know, these guys are out there working really hard, trying to put on a competition and stuff. And like, if you get mad at them or rub them the wrong way, like you're done, you know? Yeah. So I think just overall, just trying to be a good guy to everybody is like, just really helps. <laughs> Kenneth, this was great, man. Thank you so much for your time. And really congratulations. Of course, man. Job well done. You got my cell phone number. So, uh, if you ever want to chat, don't be a stranger. I can't wait till I get uh, another 100% hydrated dough. That was, again, reading off my notes right here, the first things I wrote, light, fluffy, airy. I'm telling you, man. That, oh, man. The, the execution Thank was you. on point. Yes, no problem. It's, dude, you deserved it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Cool, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Kenneth, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I want to say once again, your pie was amazing. And also just hearing the rationale behind all these little decisions that helped get you that win was very fun to hear. I wish you a whole lot of success and I can't wait to see your pizza journey continue. To you, the listener, competing is so complex. There are so many things going on. Uh, It's possible that all the little things that managed to work for Kenneth may not work for future judges or future volunteers in the competition. So take all of Kenneth's advice with a grain of salt, but nonetheless, it was such a great episode, I thought. So please join me in thanking Kenneth by following him on Instagram. I'll make sure to link all of his social accounts on the show's description. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to share this episode with somebody who is planning to compete or you know has competed in the past. I'd love to see if this helps them or if they have a different take. If you do have an opinion on any of this stuff, you can always reach me on Instagram at what's good dough. I'd love to chat. Also, please, if you like this episode or found any value in it, please make sure to give a rating on Apple Podcasts or leave some stars via Spotify. I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you. I love you. Till next time. Peace.